Thank you, preacher. I tell you, after all of this good singing, we ought to have a recess and shout about 30 minutes. Don't you believe that'd be good? Amen. I enjoyed the good singing tonight. Singing in the sermons like windows to house. It lets the light in so you can get ready to worship God. And I liked all the singing tonight. I never could sing much, but I like singing. Praise God. I told my wife when I got to heaven, I was going to organize me a quartet. I'm going to have a thousand leaves, a thousand baritones, a thousand tenors. I'll be the only bass in that quartet. Praise God. <laughs> but it is good that you're here tonight. And we're glad to be back with Brother Melvin. I was 900 miles away last week. And the fellow asked me, he said, where are you going to be next week? And I said, well, Brother Melvin. And before I could say anything else, said, is he still shouting? I said, is he breathing? I believe one thing about Brother Melvin, he'll shout the last thing going out. That's a good way to leave here in the shower, isn't that right? And certainly we're glad to be with him in the church, and we've been praying that God give us a special touch in heaven to come down. We just leave here every night loving Jesus and hating the devil and walking with God and stirred for the Lord. And I believe that that's what God's going to do for us. I don't ever like to pick out anybody. I appreciate all the preachers here tonight, but let me just pick out one that's kind of been my favorite down through the years. And, Ronnie, you were saved under him at six, wasn't you? Amen. I want you to stand over there. He didn't stand a while ago, good, so he could see him. Come on. Preacher, yes, sir. Stand right there, brother. Walter. Isn't it good to have him? He said, you know, Brother Mays, I'm preaching more funerals than I am anything. I said, well, you're preaching every Baptist church in the country then. Say Amen. <laughs> He preaching the dead folks. He's preaching the Baptists. Now you put that down, folks. Amen. He's preaching a lot of Baptists. But you know, I, you know, my daddy. Let me give you this, and then I, I won't preach, but about thirty minutes. My doctor told me not to preach that long. But he asked me the other day. He said, "Brother Mays, you preaching thirty minutes?" And I said, "Yes, sir." I didn't tell him about that other thirty I tacked on to it, but I told him, "Yes, sir." But. Uh, my daddy knew the word of God. He wasn't a preacher, but he studied the Bible all of his life, and he knew the word of God. He'd go hear me preach, and boy, he could just find every kind of fault, and, and, and I had him and still got him, and he's the only person that I hated to come hear me preach. Thought we'd be riding home. I'd say, how'd you like that sermon? He'd say, you'll do better if you'll pray more tomorrow. So, it's good to have somebody like that around. Of course, your wife will do that most of the time. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You 20 preachers here tonight or 21. Yes. Your wife will tell you. I, you know, she used to aggravate me to death. I tried to pastor. Yes. And we'd be going home after service on Sunday morning. And the singing was dead and everything in the church is dead. And then my wife would look over at me and say, well, what in the world was wrong with you? <laughs> Start to say, bless God, you wasn't shouting over the house. I'll tell you that. And, uh, but uh, that's the way it is. And we, but I do appreciate the blessings. But I'd say, I remember one night I said, bless God, these dead Baptist churches, we ought to bury every one of them. And I was going home, Dad said, you made a wrong statement there tonight. And I said, well, tell me what it is. I make so many. He said, you shouldn't bury one of them. He said, your business is to resurrect them, bless God. Get life in them. 
I believe that's a better thing than what I had anyway. Amen. Anybody can shove a little dirt, bless God. It, it takes a lot of grace to pray life down and barely a dry bones and get the thing going. But I do appreciate the Lord's blessings. And uh, we appreciate you coming. Read I said 25 minutes a little longer. Uh, our radio broadcast is 30 minutes in most of our uh, stations. We're going to try to either get 30 on all of them or cut them out. And uh, I hope we can because we put the message a little bit, 10 minutes. And on our 30-minute broadcast, we have 25 minutes of preaching. I didn't say announcements. I didn't say praying. I didn't say singing. And I love singing as much as anybody in the world. Why, when they got to singing a while ago, in fact, the lady that sang, that was beautiful. And then, Tommy, I'm glad to see you all again. I didn't know whether you'd gone to heaven or not. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. And they did good from over uh, the Lupton Airs. And then, brother, we're glad to see of the time here. All right, let me say this. And I, I do appreciate all of you. But we have uh, our broadcast, 30 minutes. And what we do on a 15-minute, and we're trying to cut those out, we only preach 10 minutes. I just get started. One fellow here in a little station, he in his church, he called me and he said, Preacher, I never get but one point and sometimes two points in a message. He said, My church will pay the difference between your 15 and your 30. I want them other three points. Praise <laughs> God. Everybody. So uh, we're going to pray about it. And uh, we do want to because if it'll work here, it'll work anywhere else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, I tell you, the word of God is not coming back void. Amen. And this book it needs to be preached. Amen. There has been a time that the world ought to hear, thus saith the Lord, it's in this time in which we live. And I tell you, so you pray about it. You pray about it. And then maybe some of you here tonight could help us. We have a couple of churches that help us here, one in Chattanooga. This is one church that does. And I want to tell you, every month, I appreciate the mission part that this church has to our radio ministry. We do not take stamps, money out of it. I do not take gasoline, money out of it. Every nickel that churches send to me go into a special fund, and they go to the stations that reach truckers. And while you're sleeping tonight, I'll be preaching all over America, and you folks here at this church have part in that, so we thank the Lord for that. And, but maybe some of you here tonight, you say, Preacher, I'd like to help you uh, get 30 minutes on fly here. And if you will, you pray about it and write a big check. You can write one. Some of you might get the cramp, but praise God, write it anyway. Uh, write left-handed if you get the cramp. And I believe the Lord would bless you. So you pray. I believe God would speak to some of your heart. I mean, one time, Pope, you got on a burden. Praise God. My wife said, Who is this Pope guy? I said, I don't know, but... St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, praise God. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate all of the preachers. Oh, now, let me say this. Tomorrow night, don't miss it. I don't have but one good sermon. I'm going to preach it tomorrow night. So I want you to come. Now, if you miss it tomorrow night, you'll miss the best. I hope you'll be here with us. I believe that God will speak to your heart. But I'm glad you came tonight. And in a minute, I'm going to preach on... Uh, people ask me, I hadn't gotten to church good tonight. In fact, I went back to the prayer room first. And a brother said, what are they saying over the country? I'm going to tell you what they're saying over the country tonight. And uh, you'll be surprised what they're saying. Independent Baptists and uh, Southern Baptists and all other kind of Baptists. And uh, they're, they're saying it everywhere. But they shouldn't be saying it. And I'll show you from the Word of God in just a minute. 
Then let me say Sunday afternoon. We'll skip over Sunday afternoon. Do not judge this sermon until you come hear it. We had a radio station the other day that uh, said, I want it on the air. I said, well, <laughs> I don't know where we And it was two weeks ago. And I said, I don't know whether it ought to be on radio or not. I said, people will misunderstand unless they hear the whole message. So Sunday afternoon, I'm going to preach according to prophecy why Jesse Jackson will never get in the White House. Now, I want you to bring your Bible and you come. He's a Canaanite. And I'll tell you from the Word of God. So you be sure to come. Somebody said, you're against black people. Some of the best friends I got. My neighbor's black in Atlanta. Listen to me. The lady at the, over at the bank where I bank, she's black. One of the finest ladies you'll ever find. Down at the post office, they're stealing our mail. I got one old tall black boy down there, and he said, Preacher, I'll catch everyone I can. And if I catch any of these, and he called them, didn't call them black, he called them something else, taking your mail. He said, Bless God, I'll whip every one of them in this post office. So I want you to know I'm not against the blacks. But I want you to hear that Sunday afternoon. Bring your Bible. Bring your Bible and you come and hear it. That's 3 o'clock, isn't it, Brother Melvin? All right, that's Sunday afternoon. Tell your friends about it and uh, tell them to come, and I believe God will bless them. Amen. Now, I've always preached this. I've always preached about the presidents. I preached, uh, if you remember, about Ronald Reagan. Right. You remember that? I preached it here in the pulpit. Right. You remember when I preached about Jimmy Carter? Right. You remember when I uh, preached about Eisenhower? You remember when I preached about Nixon? I called him a little tricky. He's a little more tricky than I thought he was. But uh, I, I want you to bring your Bible. And if you bring your Bible Sunday afternoon, we'll have a good time. Somebody said, oh, you're a politician. No, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. And I believe that, that this book ought to come first. I believe that the Word of God is that which is going to count when we stand before God. A fellow said to me the other day, said, you know, I do not believe. Uh, that we ought to oppose the Supreme Court in abortion. I said, the Supreme Court is not the court we're going to have to answer to when we stand over yonder. Bless God, we're going to have to answer to that court over yonder. And we'd better be against abortion. And we'd better take the stand against sin and the devil. And so, But you come Sunday afternoon and come every night. Come tomorrow night if you can. All right, take your Bible. Turn to Numbers chapter 13. I remember one time I was here, I spoke from this text, but not the same message. So I want you to look at it tonight, and I'm going to speak to you on, the, they said it, they say it can't be done. You know, we're going around everywhere over the country, and they're talking about Brother Mays. I, I tell you, churches are falling off, and they are, and people are not being saved like they used to. Brother, you remember Brother yeah. Waters when you'd... Holler Jesus, the older Philip. I remember that. Why, praise God, it wasn't so long ago. I came to Chattanooga, and I preached just a little message. And you couldn't get in the altar for folks getting right with God. And folks would really weep, and now they can't weep anymore. And people prayed, and now you can't get folks to pray anymore. And people loved one another, but they don't love one another like they used to. Something wrong, folks, something wrong. But look with me in the Bible. Art stand all over the house for the reading of the the book of Numbers, and you'll also find this same scripture, or similar scripture, in chapter 32 of the book of Numbers. And if you will, look at verse 26. And they went and came to Moses, to Aaron, to all the congregation uh, of the children of Israel, unto the willows of Paran, and to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, and to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit 
There are. Now, if you remember when I was here, I believe last year, year before last, I spoke on Canaan's land is just in sight. And uh, they were in sight or 10 days from that promised land. But they didn't get there until 40 years later. They wandered around. You know, they're like Baptists. Bless God. We could have had the fruit of the land a long time ago. And we are cut, we are cutting and splitting the hairs. And bless God. We're trying to examine everybody and find out what this little crowd believes. Why, in my city alone, Atlanta, we've got, oh, I've never seen so many little cliques. Somebody said, what clique do you belong to? The Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Amen. We better belong to that and quit worrying about these other little cliques. But notice what the Bible said. And they, they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is uh, the fruit of it. Now, I've never been in a land that flows with milk and honey, but I want to tell you something. I believe America is the greatest land that sun ever shined. Boy, we're wicked and we're sinful and and, but, oh, let me tell you something. Those old stars and stripes oh, mean something. Amen. I want to tell you something. Bless God. Uh, while I'm preaching, you ought to stand up and salute the flag about three times. Amen. I believe it'd be good to stand up and salute the flag. All right, look at the next verse. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Here's where they got fouled up. Got your eyes on people. Folks, if you get your eyes on people, you'll backslide every time. You get your eyes on people, you can't worship. Don't you come in church and look over there and say, I wonder what he's thinking about me. What do you care? Bless God. Get in God and get so far ahead of him. You won't worry about what he's sitting over there doing. Amen. Look what the Bible says. Nevertheless, the people be strong, dwell in the land, the cities are walled, and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Yes. I wish we could stop right there. Well, I like it kind of like that's Canaan land. Yes, you know, right. I like that. He said, You don't worry, bless God. We got a captain who'll take care of us all the way through. And he said, you don't have to worry about how giants, many giants over there. He said, you don't have to worry about the broad rivers and the walls around the cities. He said, bless God, we be well able. Let's read the next verse. See what the Bible said. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. I want you to underscore these words in verse 31. We be not able to go up. We be not able to go up. And that's what they're saying all over the country. In just a moment, right. I'm going to let you be seated after you mark that. And I'm going to pray and then I'm going to bring the message tonight. On They say, they say everywhere, it just can't be done. They say that God's not able. Well, if God's not able, we're in the wrong business. Amen. And if God's not God, then, mister, we're fooling away this week Amen. and wasting That's it because right. I believe that he's still on the throne. I believe he's still God. Yeah. I believe he still wants to do something for you, and he still wants to do something for me. Would you be seated all over the house? 
We're going to pray. Father, I thank you tonight for every blessing. I thank you for the sweetness of the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad to let us come back to the Lachman Road. Now I pray, Father, tonight you bless every heart. Oh, God, you know every hungry soul. Our Father, you know every thirsty one that's come to the fountain to drink tonight. We need your strength and your power. Oh, God, we need to behold your glory. As Moses said, behold the glory of the Lord. I pray that every night the singing will lift up the Lord and the preaching will lift up the Lord. And our Father, may we see the mighty power of God. So we thank you now and we bless you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I'm going to speak to you on the subject. What are they saying? The world is saying about what is always said. They're not talking about scriptural things. The world never talks about the glory of God. The world never talks about spiritual things. They're always interested in the temporal, in that which is a fantasy. But I'm glad tonight we come to our text. And the Bible said, oh, Caleb and Joshua had the right attitude. They were talking right. They were walking right. They were believing right. Oh, brother, if we could just get people in the church to get in one accord about this thing and say it can be done. There's no mountain too high. There's no river too wide. Praise God, we can go with him and he will make a way somehow. Maybe as a Christian, you're facing the greatest problem or the greatest difficulty you've ever faced. Listen to me. I'm glad nothing is impossible with God. Praise the Lord as I stand here. I'm glad that he is able. But let's come to what they're saying. They're saying we be not able. And because of time, I want you to jot down five things tonight that this world would say we uh, we can't see it. We be not able. Uh, it can't be done. There's a lot of people that are saying it can't be done. First of all, they say that an old man cannot be born anew. They, they say, you know, that's just a, a figure of imagination. Now I want to tell you something. I saw a man last week old and stooped and nearly blind. Thank God after 73 years of life, boy, he got started all over again. And he got up and said, I'm born again. Oh, the world says that a man cannot be born the second time. I've got news for you. That, that's the natural talk. Here's what Jesus said. He said, Nicodemus, ye must be born again. And until a man knows that experience with God, until he can say, thank the Lord. I'm glad I've been birthed into the family of God. Oh, bless God. My old daddy used to say, son, they need to be birthed. And when there's birth, there's joy. I said, glory to God. We need some people to be birthed. I'll tell you in this day, when the world says that an old man cannot become a new man and a babe again. Oh, that was the trouble with Nicodemus. He looked at Jesus and said, did I misunderstand you? And Jesus said, no, you didn't misunderstand me. You've got to be born from above. He said, well, I'm old man. Can I go back and be born the second time in my mother's womb? And when he looked at Jesus, Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Yeah. 
and that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. And I know that kind of language. I know that he can birth you into the heavens. He can birth you and give you a new start. He can birth you, praise the Lord, and save you by his grace. And what a blessing it is to meet a man that's born again. If I never ask a man, are you born again? He said, well, I hope so, maybe so, probably so. And I don't believe he's saved. But if you'll ask one of these old saints around here that's just ready to shout the victory, are you born again? She'll say, honey, you ought to have been there. Glory to God when he saved me. You ought to have been there, praise God, when he birthed me into the family of God. And I'm glad I've been born of the Spirit. The world says it can't be done. But they wasn't there when it happened. Woo! And if they had a being blessed God, they wouldn't believe it. I'm glad they say, hey, an old man cannot be born the second time. But he can. And what a blessing it is. And secondly, they say that a wild man can't be tamed. But I preach the kind of salvation that will take the meanness and the drunkenness and the fighting out of a man and tame him down. It'll make a new creation out of him. The world says it can't be done. I want you to know one night upon the sea. And last week, old Parson sang to me that song, though we shouted. He sang that song entitled The Master of the Sea. Oh, I remember one time I was listening to Melvin. I got the best sermon you ever saw. I was listening to Melvin and I got a message on The Master of the Sea. Next time I saw Squire Parsons, I said, Squire! I got a message on the master of the sea. He said, there's nothing better than that. I said, yes, one thing. He said, you mean there's something better than the story of the master of the sea? I said, yes, sir. I'll never forget that night when that stormy night was beating on me. That's better than that. I can tell you firsthand. Praise God. I know what it is. The master of the sea. He stepped up and said, peace be still. And I'm glad, praise yeah. the Lord, that yeah. peace like a river flooded my soul. And what a blessing it is. Listen to me. There's a man that's wild. His family couldn't live at home. And there's some men, some mean in Chattanooga, that their family cringes and children, babies cry when daddy comes home staggering. You know what that daddy needs? He needs an old-fashioned kiss of Holy Ghost salvation. And then the family will be waiting, and they'll have a new daddy. And then everything will be different at the house. What a blessing that is! But the Bible said in Mark 5, and they cut himself and he cried all day and he cried all night and no man could bind him and he slept in a grave. Somebody said, do you like graveyards? No, I don't like them. Woo, I belong to the Resurrection and the Life Club. Glory to God. I like that crowd's alive. I don't even like to pass a graveyard. I passed my mother and dad's grave the other day out on the highway and I just saluted them and I said, I'll 
seeing rapture. Glory to God. I said he's going to be soon. He's going to break the sky and he's coming back. Yes, oh, you say, Brother me, sister me. I'm glad Jesus can take a man yes, that's vile and corrupt yes. and wild. Yes, yes. And he can tame him and make him meek like Moses. Bible said he's the meekest man on earth. You know why? Because Moses ran into God. I don't care how mean you are. You run into God, you get tamed. I'm telling you, he can tame you. And the man from the gathering country came out of those tombs and ran down that hill. I'm glad Jesus just said, I'll take care of those demons. And he cast them into the swine. Yes, and the swine committed uh, hogicide. And brother, they went in and drowned themselves. But I want to tell you something. That man, that was wild. Nobody could bind him. Nobody could control him. He met the master that night. Thank God he went home. And guess what? He got some clothes on. Yes, God. I'll tell you, there was a time when you, when you walked the streets of Chattanooga. I went in a grocery store. Yeah, you wasn't embarrassed with indecency and wickedness yeah, and shame. But I still believe that when you really get right, it'll make you put some clothes on. Oh, it'll clothe your nakedness. You want to be clothed. And what a blessing it is to meet those that are clothed. Paul was talking spiritually and he talked about the desire to be clothed. Oh, I tell you. I never had but one clothing I couldn't explain. I said, what was that? My mother clothed me in prayer. And boy, she put the blankets of prayer around me. And she said, I'm going to keep them around you till that day that you get saved. I want to tell you, I wore those blankets of prayer until that day that the Lord came and the Lord spoke and the Lord saved me. And a wild man was tamed. I had a friend over in North Carolina. Thank you, ma'am. I had a friend over in North Carolina. And his family, his mother was aristocratic. That gags me. That gags me. Oh, I, if you can't talk plain, something's wrong with you. Say amen. I like people talk like they do in Chattanooga. Just plain old Chattanoogans. Amen. But I, I, I had this friend. And he'd preach on the street every day. Now, brother, anybody can preach in a pulpit. You know that? Anybody, listen to me, can preach on the radio. Yeah. But I want to tell you, you get out there in this hissing, God-hating world, stand on the corner, and they walk by and laugh at you and scoff at you. It takes grace and it takes grit. And brother, I had this friend named Odell. His mother was one of these elite and his daddy was one of these high-minded. And they said he was crazy. And they sent him to the insane asylum and said they're going to keep him there. Until he got so, he wouldn't talk about God all the time. Well, I got news for you. Odell's an old man. Last time I talked to him, he said, I'm still talking about the Lord. It'll make you talk about God. It'll make you talk about the Bible. It'll make you talk on holy things. But two years it was before I went to see him, I ought to have been shot. But I went on Saturday, and you know, they don't let you in in mental hospitals on Saturday. I went up to the little desk, and I said, I'm a preacher. And the lady said, I'm sorry. Nobody visits here on Saturday. You need to know that Sunday and then Monday through Friday we have definite hours. 
And an intern was standing there, and he said, are you a preacher? I said, yes, sir. I have a friend, and I won't give his last name because the radio program's on at his time. I said, his name's Odell. Oh, he said, I'll take you to Odell. And boy, that little intern was so excited, and I was walking with him, I was wondering, well, what in the world has happened to you? And he said, you know, I, I, I can't explain it. Said, we've got over 60 doctors on the staff here at the mental hospital, and they can't explain it. Said, we put Odell in a cell of 81 men, the most vicious, vile men we had. And said, I want you to know something. I'm going to have the man to open the door after we go in the three buildings, and I'm going to show you a revival meeting. Boy, I want to tell you something. He had two guards to open that door, and me and that intern went in. Those guards stood near us. He said, you won't have to worry now. And over in the corner was a man singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins in Greece to man. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I looked over in another corner. There's a man over there. He's quoting the 23rd Psalm. That doctor says he quotes it over and over. Said he must believe the Lord is his shepherd. Woo! Praise God. And then I saw Odell. And he held out his hands. And I said, forgive me, Odell. I should have come earlier. I know that you're not insane. I know why you're here. Oh, he said, don't feel sorry for me. He said, this is my mission field. He said, I want to tell you something. Two years ago, that man singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. had killed three men. And that man was violent. And that man, they, uh, they couldn't keep cover in the cell. Uh, and they put me in there with him. They couldn't keep, I uh, had to feed him through a trough. Uh, and I told him the story that Jesus' blood had never lost his fire. And said he's seen. And said, you see that man quoting that? Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I said, yes. Yeah. said, oh, listen. It'd take eight guards to put him there and under shock treatments. But said, go over and talk to him now. Said, he's a little lamb. And he's looking to the shepherd of the flock. I looked at Odell. And Odell said to me, he said, I've seen the wild team. He said, preacher, this gospel's dynamite. He said, I want to tell you something. I'm glad when the world says it can't be done that a wild man can be tamed. I've seen the blasphemer like Paul who said, I'll blaspheme the church. I'll put the church out of business. I've seen a man like Saul become a great Paul and walk with God as the greatest missionary that ever lived. You say, preacher, listen to me. They say, a wild man, number three, write this down. They say that a blind man born blind can never see. Now, they don't have a vision. That fellow says that. He's talking about a twofold vision here. He's talking physically and he's talking spiritually. Second Corinthians 4, 4 said, Satan had blinded our minds. People can't see the love of God. People can't see the need of coming to church. People can't see the joy there is in serving Jesus. You know why? Because Satan had blinded them to the truths of God's wonderful Amen. book. But I'm glad one night the scales fell off. Woo! Praise God. I saw the light. I tell you, it's been good ever 
ever since that night yeah. that Jesus took the scales off of my eyes. Brother, I tell you when you can see. The Bible said the church of the people that have no vision going to perish. And brother, we perish and we go backwards when we lose our vision and when we lose our spiritual eyesight. Tell you. And then physically, of all the senses we have, I'd rather lose them all than lose my sight. I remember when I even had to get glasses, I hated it. I hate it. I don't like to wear glasses. That's, that means you're getting old. <laughs> I don't like to wear glasses. I went to see an optometrist down in Florida, and he's a Christian. He said, hello, Brother May. Why'd you come in here? I said, I'm having a little trouble with my sight. He said, what's your trouble? I said, I'm seeing two cities at one time. <laughs> Boy, he looked at me and he knew God. He said, honey, I'm happy with one of them, but the other, and I, that book, I'll have to do the job. I said, amen. I, oh, I can see the holy city right through here. These are all the glasses that you'll ever need to see the holy city of God. So you'll ever need that book. He gave me glasses to read with. I appreciate them. I used to go to a little church in East West South Carolina. And uh, I'd go there every year, this little blind lady. Oh, she's so sweet. And uh, she'd say, Brother Mays, I read that every day in Braille where it said, He sat by the wayside begging. But one day Jesus passed by. <laughs> Woo! I like that. That little old blind lady would reach up and touch me with her hand. She'd say, and you know Jesus put mud in his eyes. <laughs> I said, we Baptists would do it some other way. We'd say, you, you can't get people to church if you do it that way. If you put mud in their eyes. Why, you got to get them today. And, well, we won't get on that. You're dying anyway. Say amen. Praise God. Let me tell you, if the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus won't do the job, we need to get out of the business of preaching. I still believe that this is what the world and the church and the people need. I believe that. Hallelujah. I believe it with all my heart. I really believe it. And this little lady, she'd come every year. And she said, you know, he washed his eyes and came seeing. Then one year I came, I'd always sit in the corner. I sat in the corner last week. Boy, I was in the church last week, and they shouted. You wouldn't believe it. I got the tapes out there, some tapes from our church. You won't believe it. They're auditorium. I'm talking about the auditorium. I'm not talking about the rest of it. Cost a million four hundred thousand dollars just their auditorium. And did we shout? Somebody said, "Why? Well, I didn't think you'd preach like that. I haven't got but one speed. I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. Say amen. And brother, there's something wrong with people. Are you listening to me? Something wrong with people. And they blow hot and blow cold. <laughs> they like shouting tonight, but they get above it next week. Isn't that pitiful? God help us. I want to tell you something. And this crowd that likes that long-haired music, I'll tell you, there's a certain radio station in this town said they'd like to have my broadcast, but my music wasn't right. <laughs> I said it may not be right, but it's amazing grace. And praise God. He reached further down. <laughs> If that's wrong, well, bless God, I want to stay wrong. If the kind of singing we had here tonight is not the kind that glorifies the Lord, then, mister, I missed it all the way. I'll tell you what they're really afraid of. They're afraid somebody might holler, hallelujah. 
and God, I'll tell you, they don't like action. <laughs> and somebody gets to sing it juicy, and heaven comes down, begins to uh, sweep in, and we get to standing where shades of love lie deep. <laughs> when you ever get over there, you don't care for sister highbrows all over the house. Bless God, you shout for victory, and you'll praise the Lord for his coming. What a blessing it is. But uh, they said, hey, I want to tell you, this blind man, born blind, will never see, but he did. He said, this one thing I know, whereas I was blind now, I said, I was sitting over there one night, first night of the meeting, and he said, preacher slipped over, and he said, Brother Mays, you remember me? So oh, I said, I see her. He said, don't tell her. Don't say anything about it while you're preaching. She wants to look at you tonight. Said she was washing dishes about six months ago. And said there in her blindness, all at once, she started to see. Said she wasn't in church. She didn't have nobody laying hands on her. Said she just believed in the Lord. And she said, I want to see Brother May's preach tonight. I went back in that room and I said, God, if you've ever come on me, I need you tonight. I want her to see God. Oh, I said, I want her to see the Holy Ghost at work. I, I want to tell you, she sat there all the time I was a preaching. And she tried, of course, she did that when she was blind. But she sat there and looked straight at me after I got through. She said, I once was blind. Now I see. And she said, you know, a lot of people still don't believe it. I said, honey, there's a lot of them don't believe it about me. But praise God, I can see. They say everywhere you go, it can't be done. Now, note number four, write this down. They say a little boy's lunch. Five barley loaves and two fishes can't feed 5,000 hungry men. If God's in it, brother, you can yeah. feed everybody in Chattanooga. Yeah. Oh, you say, preacher, I, I don't believe that. I believe it. I know where Melvin was with us this time or not, but we were in the Holy Land once, and we got a liberal. Uh, our guide got sick. We got a liberal. Now, there's only one kind of liberal I like. I don't like liberal preachers and liberal politicians, but I like liberal givers. Amen. Amen. God loveth a, a cheerful. And, brother, God blesses that liberal giver. What a blessing it is. Let me tell you something. I was over there. We came down to Capernaum there and went over there where Jesus did that great miracle. And the, the guide said, ladies and gentlemen, here is where Jesus supposedly fed the 5,000. I said, come again. He said, ladies and gentlemen, here is where Jesus supposedly fed the 5,000. I said, come again. He said, what's wrong? I said, leave supposedly out. Here's where Jesus took five barley loaves and two fishes. And praise God, he blessed it. And then he broke it and fed the whole outfit. And they took up 12 basketfuls afterwards. You say, why did they take up 12 basketfuls afterward? There's 12 unbelieving Baptist preachers up the road, and he sent them a whole basket apiece. Say, man, I, I want to tell you, it can be done. Little is much if God's in it. They say that God can't take a little bit. God can take a little old boy out of this church. God took a little old six-year-old boy back younger. Little did he know that night. 
that one day you'd see it and hear him sing and be pastor of a great church. You never know. Brother, it's yet to be seen what God can do. Brother, his arm is not shortened. His ear is not heavy. Let me tell you, he can do anything he wants to do. He's God. And if he's God, he's going to do what he wants. And it's... Uh, Brother Ronnie said he's going to send the rain or won't send the rain. That's right, brother, yes, if it pleases him, he'll send some rain. That's right. Amen. 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 If it don't please him, we'll, he, we'll, he knows how to get our attention. Sure, yeah. All he's got to do is cut speak it off a little while. <laughs> After a while, we'll be hollering, cut it back on. Say amen. And I'm glad man can't cut the speaking on. And man can't cut the speaking off. It takes God to do that, Mr. And what a blessing. Let me give you something. I laid in Erlanger Hospital right here in Chattanooga. The door of death. In fact, they said I died twice, but that ain't so. If I ever cross the river, honey, I ain't coming back. Say amen. They said... <laughs> They said he died to us. Well, I don't take something. Well, my wife, she's real. You know, she's coming up one night. I said, "Yeah, you'll have to come." Yeah. Lord God, Gene, and you'll have to get together and crucify me and Melvin at least twice while I'm up there. But uh, I, you know, when I went down, I honest with you, I preached all of my ministry. I'd hear angels, and I'd see a boat of some kind. Tommy, I went down to that river. I ain't heard a thing. I didn't see nothing. When I got back and about eight days later, I was telling God, I said, you know, I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. You know what God said? Well, huh, I could have told you that all the time. said, all the blessings you get now. said, when you die, God won't even send a committee to get you when you die. <laughs> oh, you hear me? And I was lying there in that hospital. And the doctor said, you won't do much anymore. Oh, but I said, Lord, here's my lunch. You took five morning and you took two fishes. And thank God you fed the whole multitude, probably 20,000 people in all. And God, I want to tell you that you're Lord. And I'm a little lad with lunch. And praise God, I still believe that you can break it. And you can bless it. And you can feed the multitude. I don't know about you, but you've got a little lunch tonight. Give it. I was down in Augusta, Georgia one time preaching. Man, I, we had to go to the high school to see the people. We were still on radio down there, but we, back in the days, brother, and we'd go to Augusta, and you couldn't get them around the church. I mean, well, it's like that in Chattanooga. Bless God, you had to come at 5 o'clock to get a back seat. Now, bless God, you can come quarter late and get any seat in the house. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, Ken. So we went to school. We was riding to school that night, and I said to my song leader, I said, Now, Raymond, I'm going to be mad if we don't have 50 people saved tonight. We're going to do the prodigal son. I think we did it here one time. Well, I said, Raymond, I'm going to have 50 people saved tonight, or I'm going to be mad. And, boy, we got there, and the choir on the stage. We went in the church, and they couldn't get it together. And the quartet missed God, and I got up there. I missed God. And I got through, I said, Lord, I did the best I could. We started giving the invitation, and one, one little old girl came down the aisle, knelt and said, I want to get saved. And boy, I want to tell you something. I knelt with her, and I believed with all of my heart that she got saved. Oh, it was so sweet. Going home that night, I fussed all the way. I said, Ray, what about that? 
uh, get in a big auditorium and leave it the church and one little soul got saved. But about 10 or 11 years later, a knock came at my door in Atlanta. A nice looking red-headed young lady about 22 and her mother stood on the door and she said, Brother Mays, I'm the little girl in Augusta. That night, that got saved and said, I just finished Tennessee Temple. I'm going to the mission field. Yeah. Said, I thought I'd let you know that there's a little lunch still yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh, boy, I shouted, I'll tell you, my neighbors thought I was crazy. You say, why? Because he's able to take a lunch and feed a multitude. They say it can't be done, but it can be done. Praise his name. Last but not least, they say, that a dead man can't live again. You'd be surprised how many people in Chattanooga that believe you're like a cat or dog. Are you listening to me? They believe you're like an animal. And there will be no resurrection. But I've got news for you, yeah. friend. Over there in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians verse 19, he said, if in this life only we have hope. We're all men most miserable. But I want to tell you, he said in the Hebrews 6 and verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Titus talks about that blessed hope. Thank God I have a hope tonight. That's like that song Lupton Irish were singing. It's boundless. That hope will never end. Oh, the eons of eternity. I'll still be enjoying his love and his hope that he gave. I'll still be shouting all over heaven. Lady said to me over in the big church one night, she said, you make me nervous. I said, you better be careful if you go to heaven. The Lord may make you sit by me at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Say amen. Listen to me. Sure as your name's what it is. Listen, the Bible said in John 11, Jesus got there late. They thought, listen, Jesus never comes to your house late. Are you listening you say, Preacher Mays, I've got a problem in my home, and I, I, I know if I could only get to the Lord there on time. Well, he'll be there on time. He runs on time. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of God, some of you couldn't get to Sunday school to save your life on time. Buck can't get you to the offering. Say amen, Buck, back there. I love old Buck. I said over the night, I said, Lord, I want to see Buck. And then I forgot about the offering. And then we started. I looked and there came Buck. And his wife said, well, praise God. Amen. Yeah, I, I don't know if you have to work or you're hindered. Come on anyway. And if you, listen, I'm not like some preachers. If you come and you got to get up and go to work, listen to me. You get up and go to work. Because I'd rather get a little bit and not any at all. Amen. God, I'd rather be to come and get in the atmosphere of God, the atmosphere of the revival. I'd rather be to come, let God touch you, and then go out and say, Oh, Lord, bless them for the rest of that service. Let me say to you tonight, thank God. Jesus came and said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, she said, if you'd have been here, he said, wait a minute, I am right now. Oh, thank God. He's not the has been or the will be. He's the right now. He's the resurrection and the life. And the world says it can't be done that a dead man can live again. And I'm glad there's several. There's three in the Bible. Did you know that? Now, again, we know of record. 
That three in the New Testament, Jesus raised from the dead. I'm talking about me. One of those men over there was Elisha. I like him because he's bald-headed. <laughs> when I had plenty of hair, I didn't think much of him, but praise God. <laughs> Brother Waters, I believe he's kind of fat like me, but anyway, he is bald-headed, and he poured water on the hands of Elijah. And oh, everybody talks about Elijah's ascension, and that's wonderful. Oh, it's a type of the rapture. It's a type when the church is going to be caught up in the chair. But I'll tell you something. You ever think about Elisha, the little bald-headed fellow? He didn't. He died two years later. And you know something? They threw him in the grave of a soldier that had been killed. And when that soldier felt the bones, or Elisha uh, felt the bones of that soldier, they threw in there in Elisha's scepter. You know what happened? Bless God, that soldier jumped up and was resurrected. And I can see that crowd running down the road, those soldiers. And one of the sergeants says, hey, uh, that dead soldier, are you sure you threw him all the way in the sepulcher? He said, yes, sir. But that ain't what worries me. I see two coming out of there, and one of them is that bald-headed preacher. We thought it was gone. Oh, listen to me. I want to tell you, the bones of Elisha resurrected that day. I want to tell you, mister, it's a blessed day when you remember that this life is not all, that there's another life, and there's another time, and there's another meeting. And brother, listen, though the world says it's all over, no, it's not all over. Thank God it's not over. He's going to call as he did Lazarus. Come forth, Lazarus. Lazarus came forth from the dead. Let me give you something. I'll tell you something better than that. Ephesians 2 said, You who were dead in trespasses and sin, as a dead man, but the resurrection and the life came. And brother, he quickened me, and I've been alive ever since. Praise God in the land forever. He said it can't be done, but I who was dead am now alive. And because he lives, I'm going to live forever. And forever and forever and forever. What a blessing. They say it can't be done. Let me give you this, and then I'll close. Over in a place right out of Akron, been there several times. It's between Akron and Canton, Ohio, and we're on radio up there. But uh, I remember the preacher said to me one day, he said, Hey, Mays, said, have you ever heard of the infidel's grave? I said, I sent a book out on it. Showed him snakes. He said, I want to take you to the grave. And then he said, I want to take you to another grave. And I said, all right. I don't like graves, but I, I want to go. And we went over there to that infidel's grave first. And you can see holes where snakes are still crawling in out that grave. You know what that infidel said? As he sat on a porch while they're having revival 80 years ago, he said, if there's a God, I want snakes to infest my grave. And people don't know there's a God. Well, God didn't have to do it that way, but he did. Does anything he wants to. I stood there. And he said, Brother Mays, people have been saved around this grave. He said, you'll never know how many people have been saved because they, they saw that God is God. And that infidel's body has gone back to dust. And what he said, God proved to him there's a God. We knelt and had prayer. Then we went on about 30 miles. 
they have a beautiful cross. Not a crucifix. I don't believe in crucifixes, but a cross. And underneath it is the name of the man that wrote the old rugged cross. <laughs> and I knelt at that grave. Oh, and I started singing the old rugged cross. The emblem of suffering and shame. Yeah. That man is going to come up in the rapture. Yeah. Oh, that man had a hope. That man, Mr. Libor, yeah. while that infidel sizzles in hell. That man, that man, let me give you this about the old rugged cross. I had a friend named Garland Jacobson. I never liked people that copy, but you know, we got them in singing, we got them in preaching and everything else. But he sang just like ADR, like putting a head on her tub. Somebody said, How do you know how he sang? Well, I like to listen to him back when he was a young man. I listened to ADR. I don't like his country music today. Man, it's wild, I'll tell you. I'd as soon listen to the Beatles and go crazy overnight as listen to somebody. Amen. But old Garland Jacobs can sing, boy, he sounded like old Eddie. But I was with him, and he lived in a place called Wake Forest, North Carolina, Faith Baptist Church. I used to go with Garland every year. And then Garland had some heart trouble, and they took him to Durham. And he was a veteran. They took him to the Veterans Hospital. Stayed there three years. And then they let him out. Couldn't pastor anymore, couldn't preach. But he sent me word. He said, the next time you're up here in a meeting... Brother Lonnie Graves, he said, I'm going to be there on Friday night and sing the old rugged cross made the difference. Boy, he could sing it like nobody ever heard. So I got off of the airplane on Tuesday in Raleigh, Durham. The preacher was crying. I said, what's wrong? He said, Brother Mays, we buried Garland Saturday. This is Tuesday, but we buried God and said we'd already had him signed up to sing Friday night. The old rugged cross makes the difference. And I said, well, take me out to the grave tomorrow. He said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell you something when we go to his grave. So make a long story short, I got up the next morning, ate with the preacher. We went out to Garland's grave. I stood there. Tears streamed down my cheeks. And he said, Maze, Garland's not going to be with us. This is Wednesday. Garland's not going to be with us Friday night. But his wife is going to sing in his place. The old rugged cross. I never heard of his people. As Miss Jacobs sang it that night. And she looked up and waved. And I said, glory to God and the Lamb friend. It pays to know the Lord and know what he can do, mister. It pays to know God. It pays to be ready. You never know. Every head about They say, what are you, they're saying over the country. They're saying, can't be done. They're saying, can't be done. 